0: Welcome to the Pokemon Go Go Gadget Podcast formerly known as All Inquiries Considered Podcast formerly the Wizard World News Podcast formerly known as the Deputy Dancing and Sergeant Song's Time in the Spotlight, formerly known as Down to Earth Warm Podcast, formerly known as the Do You Believe Podcast. How is everyone doing?
1: Oh, I guess. Speaking that, for that, the audience
0: that, that's, here. that's all we got. All right. <laughs> so tonight, today, whatever time it is, whenever you're listening to this, we're talking about Pokemon. Got to catch them all, boys. And, um, all 151 of them gotta give a fair warning if max if you just hear a bunch of noise and doors slamming it's because max going to beat up some kids for jumping on his roof so they kids. be aware <laughs> but yeah we're gonna dive right into it we only got 30 minutes we could talk for probably hours about pokemon um if pokemon is not your thing sorry guys tune in on friday when we talk about digimon and <laughs> <laughs>
1: So yeah, stick with us. Um, Before we start, may may I say a joke? Yes. What do you call a low-fat Pokemon? What? Butter-free.
0: Ah, Get cricket. <laughs> tough, tough crowd, man. <laughs> That's fantastic. All right, let's. Uh... <laughs> Where do I want to start? I was just going to walk through the generations of games first, and then we can kind of rank you know, the ones we think are the best the worst, and then we're just free-balling it after that, really. Well, I think, yeah, I also want to highlight
1: some big news in the Pokémon world, but we can, we can go, uh, go over that after
0: the uh, ranking, I suppose. All right, let's do it. Did you, all right, when did you start playing? Did you start with Red and Blue? Or did you come in later? Uh, Yeah, unfortunately, I did not, excuse me, jump into it
1: during Red and Blue. I came in the next generation. So as far as playing the video games, I'll say. So, I mean, I was, you know, I would always get like Pokemon cards for like stocking stuffers from my grandparents uh, since generation one. Because I've, I've, you know, I watched the show when I was a kid. um, And maybe something we can discuss is I think like... (laughs) How people mature with pokemon i know it sounds very like ironic but i feel like there's kind of like a maturity with pokemon as far as like what you're in, like you never lose your love for pokemon it's just like what part of pokemon are you interested in anyways um so like when i was a kid i always watched the show i think I, I went over it in a different episode we were going over nostalgia i'd wake up like six in the morning on saturday before soccer games just to go watch it uh so my yeah you know, my grandparents know so i loved it and they would always buy me cards for stocking stuffers since gen one but I didn't really get into the games until I got my Game Boy Color with Crystal version. That was my first game. Shout out to Cyndaquil for all you fire fanatics out there. That's who I started with.
0: Wow. What about you? Interesting. Yeah, I came in at uh, at Red and Blue. I I think, yeah, in our nostalgia one I talked about, the blue version that didn't save. Um, Yeah. I'm trying to think of how far I got on that. I mean, maybe like third or fourth gym. Because back then, like, you couldn't plug in your Game Boy to save it, you know, just leave it on. You had batteries, so, you know, there is a limit to that. Oh, so. I see. So since you weren't able to save,
1: I think that means, like, the battery and the cartridge died or something. So you weren't right. able to save, and then you basically had to just go until your batteries died. Ah, interesting.
0: Yep, so, but, I mean, that that was the... It was that cool like that was okay with me. I just wanted anything Pokemon that I could play because I mean it was. It was way it's so unique like it's so like now it's so ingrained in us like it's yeah whatever you know new Pokemon game but like at the time it was nothing else was like it. I think the like the game people played the most was like maybe like Zelda or Mario games on Game Boys. Oh and Kirby. But yeah, but then this came along. It was totally different, and everybody became obsessed.
1: Yeah, it was, it was a game changer um, as far as RPGs go because I, I think the charm of it was just all the different Pokemon you could get. And I know it sounds kind of stupid, but I think people kind of made connections with different Pokemon. And, like, you know, people had... Impressions from different Pokemon, and I think it just sticks with them. You know, you can ask a bunch of people, hey, what's your favorite Pokemon? They like, can rattle it off the top of their head, you know? Whether it's nostalgia that's with it, or if they just think the design is really cool, or maybe it helped them get through one of the Pokemon games. I think everyone kind of has like a favorite Pokemon. Uh, w- what's your favorite Pokemon, if you don't mind me asking?
0: Oh, geez. Like the one that always pops in my head is Jolteon, probably. Um,. That's just the one that always pops in my head. But, like, I, I think it's... It just... It, it always changes, or it did back in the day when I would play these constantly, because you would start using a different Pokemon, a different playthrough, and it became, like, you know, your go-to Pokemon, and then it became your favorite, because they like, they, like, grew on you, like they do in, like, the show, you know?
1: Yeah, they kind of... I feel like people almost, like, will attach a personality to the Pokemon. I mean, they've got different descriptions in their, in in each game. And so I think people, you know, get into like the lore of different Pokemon and it's really interesting.
0: What's your favorite Max? I'm a fan of
1: Suicune. I know some people call it Scene, but you're wrong. (laughs) It's Suicune. (laughs) Um, I think again, you know, probably the the nostalgia attached to Crystal Version. I mean, he was the cover art, you know, like emblem Pokemon for that particular game. Um, I just think his design is really cool. He can walk on water. He can, like, make water clean. I think he's a really cool Pokemon. And, honestly, uh, definitely one of the best designs, I think. So, he's my all-time favorite, I think.
0: Oh, Nice choice. And those, we'll get to, that was one of the cool things about um, that generation. But we'll get to that. I kind of, what I did is I made, like, a list of of the gens and some information about when they came out and then I wrote down like some cool things that came with each generation. Um I'll probably be more educated on the first couple and then I think you're going to carry more of the weight towards the end cuz I'm uh Ooh. I haven't I haven't <laughs> finished one since black and white, I think. So, okay. I might have. Okay. Now I beat X and Y, but yeah. Um so 1998, that's when uh, red blue first came to America. They had, I had to look this up because I remember there was like a rumor of like a green version, um, mm-hmm. and that was so. Back then, it was red and green were the main games in Japan. No, no, no red, red and blue. Oh, oh, sorry, no, sorry. in Japan, red and blue were the main ones that God. had the slight Pokemon differences, um, which ones you caught and stuff. Um, and then blue version was like a, just, um, they had improved some aspects of the game. I'm not entirely sure what, um, like some of the art of the Pokemon and maybe some cries and stuff like that. But by the time they went to port it here, they said, all right, let's do red and blue. That's cooler together. Um, we're going to take all of the improvements from blue for both games, but then we're going to take the, the red and green differences and put that into red and blue instead um i just found that interesting because i never knew what the difference was (laughs) between yeah i i I
1: remember uh back when i lived in in st louis when i was really young and super i mean i'm still really (laughs) into pokemon but when i was like really really into it and hanging out with all the neighbors playing i remember seeing some of my friends had a green version Ooh. and i always thought that it was and i think the cover art it was a, uh, it, it had like venusaur and then i think instead of being like ash or like a male uh figure it was there was it was like a girl on it i think if i remember correctly but those ones never saved and um i always thought that they were just like uh fan-made cartridges yeah but i think that they were they're probably legit was he american the my the well I had a few friends that had it no they were all yeah they were all American like they were born born and raised out here I don't know where they got the copies but yeah there were a couple of my friends had green version and I was always like mind blown by it
0: yeah because I saw I had like a yeah I had a Japanese neighbor when I was a kid and he had a green version and to me I was like what is that that's probably not even really Pokemon Mm -hmm. (laughs) so yeah I thought it was like a hacked cartridge or something but and then it
1: brings up You know, I don't remember the details, but I wonder if it was, like, a region-locked game, if you
0: could only play it on a Japanese Game Boy. I don't know. I wonder. Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. If anybody's got a green version, just send it to me, and I'll I'll verify (laughs) (laughs) Just don't Um, delete the
1: save file. The save file, man. That might anger some people. Oh,
0: Um, yeah, that's, like, one of the games, like, that is, like, the worst, if somebody were to do that on a pokemon game oh man side note me and my older brother
1: (laughs) even my little brother we would all do it dude we would uh if we ever got mad at each other instead of you know punching each other's faces and we did that on occasion but what we would do if we were really mad is we would go and delete the other person's save files on their games and i'm not just talking pokemon which that'd be the worst but i would do it to like my brother's final fantasy games like he would just piss me off, and I'd be like, "You know what? I'm gonna." would <laughs> be like, "I'm gonna delete your files," and he'd be like, "No!" And I'd just run into his room, lock his door, and just delete all of his data, dude. I think that's worse than, man. That should be like punishable by, you know, death. But <laughs> we yeah, did it all. Yeah, potentially.
0: Time. Why would you... I can't believe you would do that? Unbelievable. I know.
1: I know. It's so dis. It honestly, it's very disrespectful. I can't believe I did that. But Shame. Too,
0: but... Did you ever have the? This is this is one of the struggles of like being a gamer like when it was like still young is trying to explain to your mom that you couldn't save the game if you were in the middle of a fight. Oh yeah.
1: She's like, ready time for dinner and you're save like, it.
0: wait, wait, wait. Save I'm it now. Save it now. Gimme like, give me gimme it. Gimme it, it. And then they would just yank like, yank the cartridge out. <laughs> like, no <laughs> Yes. So sad. Traumatizing. Now, yes, it was bad if you're sit game your save game got deleted or overwritten but hey you never were bummed out that you had to play through it again so i mean that's true that's true they it's just good. you know when you got when you're trying to catch them all that can be devastating but
1: <laughs> which it was always technically like impossible in the be- in the old games to catch them all i think i mean you never were really able to get mew and there was that rumor that he hid behind a uh like a delivery truck right before you
0: got on the SSN, yeah but I, I think that's been debunked so the truck is there but yeah it plays no rule no role with Mew. it's a shame that but is... there's a so that's one of my cool things about this gen is the glitches um and uh the truck thing's kind of a glitch, sort of. You just basically you have to die on the SSN, and then it takes you out of it, and then you can just continue on the game um, and then come back and surf there. Once you, if you go the normal way, get on and then get off, then you can never go back there. But So that's more like an exploit than a glitch. But there's like, uh, I found like a lot of YouTube channels out there now that specifically go through and mess with the game using glitches within the game like no game sharks or anything like that and you can get mew like i remember that was a hot hotly debated thing like among us like when we were kids it's like dude there's a glitch you can get mew like no there's no way and like (laughs) (laughs) my favorite ones from back in the day were um you have to do something a thousand times and then it'll work (laughs) so there was like you had to use strength a thousand times on the truck and then you would get mew um there was uh, yeah you could talk to um this the guy that gives you the old rod a thousand times and then he'll give you hm dive which didn't even exist at the time and then you can go underwater and catch mew or something like that but um yeah there's some really funny stuff that they can do with uh with the glitches and you know it was it's kind of like um you know fallout and skyrim have that they're kind of buggy but it adds to the charm that was the charm of red and blue version was the glitches and Mm -hmm. everybody knew how to do the infinite item one like i could still do it to this day so (laughs) well i i was too i don't know how to do that I, i was too young i think to like
1: understand exploits yeah but i know that there's a For the Mew Glitch, isn't there something you have to do in Lavender Town and then you like sit there for a while and then all of a sudden something picks you up and like flies you to another area?
0: I don't remember. I just remember it was like a 20-minute video. So (laughs) that was probably part of it. (laughs) Yeah, you had to fly between
1: two towns anyways. Oh, and then I don't know if you're about to move on to the next generation, but Missing, no.
0: Yeah. Don't catch it. i did catch it just to see but does it corrupt your game even if you start a new file no so it just corrupts the save file um as far as i know because my game still worked after that hmm. i would have been real I heard that if you didn't. were to
1: catch him he was at level 100 everything else would divert to level one and then I, I always heard, like, the next step was, yeah, and then if you want to, like, start a new game so you can refresh it all, like, you can't do it. Oh, but I, I never, again, I never tried it because I was too afraid it was just going to ruin my game.
0: I think I tried it after one of the next gens came out, <laughs> just to be safe. But, um, yeah, so, all right, and then the other cool thing about, like, the first gen was it, It had some like mystery to it, like the story behind Mewtwo and Mew that's like in the game and the legendary birds. Like, they don't give you a whole lot, and it's you kind of have to pick up clues here and there and try and fill in the blanks yourself. And like, I really like that, and that's why like the game Dark Souls I really like because it's kind of the same. That's like the whole idea behind the story of that game is you get little bits and pieces. And then you kind of have to piece everything together, and it's really cool when you do. So, the um, difference is that Pokemon is way harder than Dark Souls. Oh, much harder, much harder. <laughs> Did you? Were you the type uh, when I was young? I would just have one super strong Pokemon, and that was it. Three. Uh, you know, I, I usually
1: use. I think it just naturally was easier to buff your starter and just keep keep them really strong but i i tried to rotate them out it was just it just prolonged the game and it was so much more grindy so i think honestly what would what happen i remember in crystal version particularly um my typhlosion and i got an ursaring up to level 100 so i just kind of used those two and they were just i mean they just destroyed everything
0: oh nice yeah I think, yeah, early on I did that and then I guess it was doable in Actually now that I think about it, I watched uh they actually speed run these games. Um that's what they they found that for red and blue the fastest way was to Um I think what they ended up doing is that like Pidget was like the best Pokemon. So you would just get a Pidgey as fast as possible and just use that. Like the entire game <laughs> see i always heard in the first
1: games it was all about alakazam he was the strongest psychic was just super dominant in in the first gen which i think later i want to talk about uh, kind of what's going on with cadaver right now but that that's 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 towards the end but um yeah i i don't know I, there was always just there's in every game there's always like one or there's like a handful of pokemon that are just dominant in the format if you're playing like online competitively or you know just to get through the game there's usually you know a few key pokemon that'll help you like i remember in yellow version it was always a lot harder in the beginning because you face brock as the first gym leader and And you have pikachu so it's like if if you don't have if you didn't catch an oddish or something you were just kind of like left you know to your own vice to try and
0: figure out like how to beat brock it was like really hard yeah, it was a pain. I'm sure I did it at some point. Because also, you got to pick Charizards, sometime, you know? <laughs> but you never really wanted to because, geez, yeah, that first gym leader. I, in fact, I think the, in those
1: games, I think that, like, the best choice starter, like, technically, was uh, Bulbasaur.
0: Yeah, I think that's right.
1: Because you have, like, Brock and then Misty. And then I'm not sure who's after that, but Brock and Misty are both weak to, you know, grass type. So it was always like Bulbasaur was actually the best choice, but I think he was like the least favorite. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Cause it's, yeah, it's those two. And then it's Lieutenant Surge, which is whatever. I think it's mostly just whatever until you get to, um, did poison even exist? I think it did. Yeah, Poison or Blaine, the fire guy, would be the only time you'd run into trouble. I think Poison did exist. I mean, if you think about, like,
1: um, let's see, like Arbok and Weezing, like, what else would they have been?
0: Yeah, I think it's, um, I think I'm thinking they didn't have dual types yet. And there's a lot of Grass Poison. But um, back then it was just Grass or Poison, not both but yes, i digress um let's see that's oh 20 minutes already damn all right we got to get rolling here all right gen 2 2000 It's when the gold and silver came out and then crystal as well that's max's intro game um a couple notes here they introduced berries um they had some baby pokemon and some breeding abilities they had night and day for the first time um they had some new ways to evolve pokemon it used to just be by level or by uh trade or stone but now they added um metal coat um yeah trading with an item that was like a really cool thing um and they had uh espion and umbreon you could only get them if your pokemon liked you essentially uh and crobat as well um -hmm. and that was kind of cool um, in this game it's cool too they got mysterious stuff um like Kun came from the burn tower which is there's a bunch of theories about what that is um and it's something they briefly mention here and there in the story but they don't tell you exactly what it is like it just got that air of mystery and the unknown ruins too
1: oh yeah that was cool side note i think that the two towers there's like two towers in uh pokemon in the second gen it's like the one that ho lives in and then i think there was another tower in it they're based off of real towers in i think kyoto japan
0: Ooh.
1: called like the gold and silver towers i think
0: <laughs> oh well that's really cool
1: <laughs> yeah yeah and i believe that gen 2's area or like region was actually based off kyoto so it makes sense
0: oh that's a cool fun fact um mm-hmm. And you got to go back to the old game zones and fight the old gym leaders and the old main character, too, which was cool. Um, But yeah, I I thought that was I didn't like when I bought gold and silver, like Internet didn't exist really back then. So I had no idea that that was a thing. And it was like the yeah, and the guides cost like 50 bucks to buy those books. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) And it was like the biggest surprise like one of the greatest surprises ever it's like oh i beat the game wait it's just starting oh (laughs) it it was coolest thing all right gen 3 2003 these are the first ones on game boy advance uh fire red and leaf green also came out uh in this gen but it's ruby sapphire and emerald and this is i think i'll rank them at the end so i won't say much this is one of my favorites but epic story this is the first time it had like a really fleshed out story um that i can remember it was just kind of hey team rocket's kind of causing trouble we better beat them you know but that was that was about it um but man the story of gen 3
1: you know it's funny because i actually like skipped over those games i never from what i remember I, i i never played those games so like so I think, you know, I don't really know what the story is, but it wasn't something like people wanted to bring back land and other people wanted to make the water take over
0: land. and Yeah, really basically like, a, a battle between, like... And it seems somebody kind of said, oh, these people really like land and these this team really likes water. That's real cool. I mean, there's more to it than that, though, but they make it sound simple. But, yeah, they just... Each side wants to awaken its a legendary monster and... What's really cool is, um, it does end up like happening, um, and the game like changes uh, when when they awaken them. Like I usually played Sapphire, and as soon as you walked out of the cave after encountering it, um, like it's just dark and stormy, like on the whole map of the game, and then apparently, and then on Ruby, it's just like blazing sun, like the entire time until you until you. Uh, beat it, or or beat Team Magma or Aqua or whatever happens, um, and then it goes back to normal. And it was just I don't know. It was a, a step above uh, Gen's one and two story that was just basically hey, go beat these gym leaders and watch out for Team Rocket. So
1: um, yeah, fun fact about third gen, real quick, is uh, I've heard that it's rumored that so so when you're playing through the game, you can hear like Pokemon cries or like noise you know, like the Pokemon noises in the background yeah. behind the music. Apparently that was like an accident. Someone programmed the Pokemon noises into like the music, but that wasn't supposed to be a thing.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. That's cool. Huh. Dude, you know all these cool things. I'm glad I brought you <laughs> onto this one. Um so yeah, I would recommend Max, if you ever get a chance, go play these. And like like Emerald version like i've been trying to get my hands on is like 50 bucks now so yeah i know it's crazy but i'm pretty sure there's emulators and stuff out there anyway plus they've got no they've got all those remakes those are good enough they're probably cooler
1: i have played that i've played omega ruby but anyways
0: yeah uh this is the first gen that had like the battle tower or battle frontier which started this is to me is like kind of like the first uh step towards um competitive play becoming cool um because i mean yeah it was never really a thought of mine as a kid i never had like a link cable to to play against my friends or anything so it was always an afterthought but this made it kind of cool um you could fight uh trainers that were a lot better and stronger than just the regular game so um They added abilities and natures to Pokemon, which is new. Um, It just lets them be able to do kind of cool things um, depending on, you know, what environment you were in or I don't know. It's hard to explain, so I'm not going to explain it. But if you play Pokemon, (laughs) you know what I'm talking about. Um, This was the first one that had so boxes in the old games. It just listed like Pokemon by name, essentially which was kind of lame. So this one actually had like little mini sprites of all the Pokemon in your box that you could pick up and rearrange. I thought that was cool when I was a kid. Um, and then they had Pokemon contests, which people love or hate <laughs> just your Pokemon <laughs> just tries to uh, it's like a beauty contest for Pokemon. <laughs> um, and you use beauty moves to impress the judges. <laughs> <laughs> And then they had double battles. I'd say this one it had like some, a really awesome step up in music as well, um, and visuals, um, and yeah. So, moving on to Gen Four, Diamond, Pearl, and Platinum came out in two thousand seven. I think this is came out around when I knew you guys, so I know we all played yeah. this together. Yeah, Diamond was. <sighs> think it was one of the ones that
1: sparked controversy in the pokemon community the most like initially um because i just remember everyone was like there's too many legendaries in it like it, and and people didn't like how you had to use hms like to get everywhere in the map but at the end of the day i think now Sinnoh is like one of the very beloved generations a lot of stuff came out of it i know there was like the verse seeker you could you know fight trainers that you previously had beaten um they had like a way to hunt shinies i think this was the first game that actually introduced shinies which i I love shiny pokemon i love that's like my favorite thing about it but um so i know like shinies you could hunt um i'm not sure what other mechanics per se they added in did this one maybe added
0: ivies um so they i think they've they've always had those But this is the first time it became like kind of known to people that weren't like super Pokemon nerds, because this is the first gen that introduced like items that boosted EVs. And I guess nobody I guess they didn't really call it EVs in the game, but it'd be like, hey, have this Pokemon hold the Macho Brace and he'll gain attack um, at a better rate. Mm -hmm. You know, it didn't really give much detail, but um, the Internet helped us out on that um but yeah this is i
1: think eevees were well because there's eevees and IVs. i'm not sure which they may have been added at the same time but yeah i think it was gen
0: three or four anyway sorry go ahead so for the people have no idea what we're talking about these are like each pokemon you catch looks the same and has learns the same moves and all that stuff but there are certain there are hidden figures within like the system of the game that uh, makes some slightly better or slightly worse than others, even though they're exactly the same, which is kind of nifty. And then Eevee's is like... The way it used to be, it was like, if you kept fighting a certain type of Pokemon, you would gain extra boost to that stat. So just to kind of give an example, I don't even know if it's real or not. Like, if you take gyarados for example you think of him as like really strong so if you beat a bunch of those you would probably end up getting a lot of um, extra attack on your pokemon from fighting such a strong pokemon that's kind of the way to explain how it works but um evs was a way you could um used to just give them um vitamins Mm -hmm. uh would boost the stats and everybody knew about that but then um you could. They had items now that essentially, if your Pokemon was holding it, it would grow that stat related to that object faster each time it, you know, fought a Pokemon. There's a whole complex thing as to how to min max that, but uh, we won't go into that unless we get asked for that. And then, and then we start our Pokemon podcast, and that's it. <laughs> I'd be down. Um, they had underground bases, which was. Okay, I mean, I don't know. I wasn't into it. Uh, it was cool for a
1: little bit, decorating it and getting a bunch of cool stuff into the base. But after that, I think it was a little bit. Oh, it was a little bit played out.
0: Yeah. So yeah, like you said, this is one of the kind of controversial, and I don't understand people whining about too many legendaries. I thought it was actually a plus to it. Was just, and like they weren't even necessarily i mean somewhere like legendary but there's ones like you know shaman or other or like rodom you know it's they're not legendary it's just they're just unique and they had a storyline to go along with it and you had to do cool things to get them you know, maybe people are just whiners and they're like i don't want i want to catch them all but i don't want to put any effort into it <laughs> i see i was the opposite i as you like i didn't like
1: how many legendaries were in it because uh, i guess at the time to me it was like well it makes each legendary that that i find like less special like it's almost like inflating legendaries in a way
0: i get, I get it
1: does yeah, it but well since yeah, then yeah. i don't i don't have that same owl i think i was just always like man why'd they change the formula you have you know two oh yeah box art like legendary you know main uh pokemon and then you had like the trio and then one that was like kind of like on its own
0: yeah i see okay yeah but since then i don't i don't really care it's i think it's cool that's the you know you gotta you gotta move you gotta be progressive in pokemon right you can't just do (laughs) the same thing every time you gotta Um, grow as a pokemon trainer so, um, let's see. Uh, Heart, Gold, and Soul Silver remakes came out in this gen. This was the first one on the DS. Um, and then. No, it wasn't. It was, Diamond, and Pearl,
1: Diamond and Pearl was the first one on the DS. That's the
0: one we're talking about. You said Heart, Gold, and Soul Silver? No, I said they also came out in this generation. Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> um, and then. Uh, yeah, this is kind of the. Did this have online capabilities? I think it did. I think it had a. I know. I know
1: Diamond and Pearl had a. G, it was, I think it was called like the GTS, like Global Trading System okay, or yeah. something. So you could like put a Pokemon into this Global Trading System and it'd oh, sit yeah. there until the Pokemon that you were seeking would like match up with what you were offering, and then you like log into it and it would say you like, yeah, you'd get the
0: Pokemon you wanted and trade away the one that you were offering up. And they were all hex Pokemon, so. <laughs> yeah, all the time. All the time. <laughs> it was always like, you just walk in, you're like, you know, I kind of need like a, uh, oh, I don't even know. I need like a Drifloon or something. Let me look for that. And they're like, okay, I'll give you a level 99 Drifloon, but I need a level 99 Charizard. And it's like, ah, no, <laughs> dude, that's not what was supposed to be. Oh, my gosh. I, I do remember with this game,
1: so this was the game that introduced Manaphy and then there was fione um so it's like you you get manaphy you could breed manaphy but it would never be an egg of a manaphy it would be a fione which was like a downgrade it looked like the exact same but he had like one tentacle on his head instead of two but i remember that to get manaphy you needed pokemon ranger i think yeah and i remember the way i got my Manaphy was actually through your brother reese dude i I, uh, he had Pokemon Ranger and I was like, hey, can you hatch me? Like, basically, he hatched me a Manaphy and then transferred it into my game. It was pretty
0: cool. Ooh. Yeah, I, think I, remember I still that.
1: have that same Manaphy, to be completely honest. Wow. Well, yeah.
0: yeah. That's pretty cool. And then, yeah, because of. I can't. Uh, I just had a note that says this is when, like, competitive Pokemon started to really become a thing. Um, so yeah, for obvious reasons. Um, mm-hmm. All right. Gen 5, 2011 and 12. This is black, white. Black 2 and white 2. So this is they kind of... Again, they changed up the formula. Don't get pissed, Max. But it was... (laughs) uh, (laughs) They didn't make a third game. Instead, they just made continuations of each of the original games. Which... Mm -hmm. I guess... So... I guess my question would be and i don't know this um was this their plan to make more money (laughs) or was there too much game to fit on a cartridge or did they make these and then be like all right we want to continue with the story because we're not done telling it and then decide to go on and make the the next ones i don't know
1: yeah there's a lot of speculation with that from what i understand um a lot of people saw it as a money grab um Others, like you said, just saw it as a continuation. Because from what I understand, because I don't think I ever played Black and White tube. I did play Black version, though. From what I understand, like, they had a whole extra, like, like uh, story to it, and it added a lot. And I think, wasn't this the game where they had, like, Shadow, like, the Shadow World or something like that? Or was that in
0: Sinnoh version? I thought that was in Platinum from my readings. I never oh, played Platinum, yeah, I so right. I don't know. I think you're but...
1: right. You're right. There was like an upside down world that you could go in. But then I think that was something else because I think black and white maybe had like a shadow world. I I don't really remember because I think I remember in black and white. If you knew someone that had one of them, you could go into their world and run around in their map with them. But like whoever was. Yeah. Whoever wasn't hosting. So the host, it just looked normal. But whoever was like entering into the host's world the game turned black and white like they didn't add color and i always remember like i was like that's so cheap that they did that but whatever it was cool
0: i forgot about that so yeah i think you're right um yeah this is kind of like my this is the point where i was kind of like i don't know about these pokemon games and i think it was driven by me feeling like black 2 and white 2 was a money grab you know Mm -hmm. and maybe that they were cranking them out too fast as well I mean, looking back, it was about two two years in between each game. Actually, there's a huge gap that, between three and four, but yeah. I, I think Black and White was also the first
1: gen that introduced um, like animations, like the Pokemon would move.
0: Yep. First, I have written down, first constant moving animations, which was mm-hmm. cool. I think, was it Crystal that had the first, they just moved initially when they first appeared.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's right. They would like do a little roar and yeah. then yeah, be like a one. still figure. Yeah.
0: That's cool. Um and then in this one, no more Pokemon contests. So Sad. They finally got the hint. Nobody likes it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Two thousand thirteen Gen six, Pokemon X and Y, first ones on a three D S. Um, Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire came out around this Um, after this one too this one introduced mega evolutions fairy type you could walk in eight directions instead of four now um and oddly there was no third game there was no nothing it was x and y and that was it oh yeah that's
1: that's really weird that they did that but i I remember that like everyone thought there would be a a z version or zed or whatever but i think that they were just focused on developing omega ruby and alpha sapphire so they just put yeah. all their money and resources into that probably
0: for sure and then i guess mega evolutions was another like controversial thing some people like some people don't i think it's whatever but yeah that sort of thing really only affects like competitive play like, yeah.
1: like vgc competitions
0: vgc what's that
1: uh vgc stands for like video game competition so oh. pokemon there's vgc and then tgc tgc oh, is trading you. trading guard, card trading or yes tcg trading card game i don't know you yeah. get it
0: yeah i got it perfect all right um i thought these were cool but um after that was gen 7 which is sun moon and then they did Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon, kind of following the black and white style. That was in 2016, also on the 3DS. This introduced um, Z moves, uh, which is kind of like uh, instead of evolving Mega, evolving your Pokemon, you're just evolving your moves to be cooler, which is some people like, some people didn't. Um, and then uh, uh, Switch came out late in this. Uh, in this era, and Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee came out um, around this time as well. Um, I this is I think this is the first one I did not finish. Sun and Moon? Or yeah, Sun and Let's Moon. Go. I never even played so, Let's Go.
1: So I, I never played through Sun and Moon, honestly. Uh, I never bought them, never played through them. Uh, I know that that one was very controversial because they got rid of gym leaders and instead they had something like totem challenges which yeah. apparently are like super hard um but that was like the biggest mechanical change in that game is they got rid of gym leaders
0: yep and another love it or hate it um but yeah, i don't know i got received pretty well from what i heard everybody thought it was cool and most people tell me that they oh i gotta play that you gotta beat it so i still have it i, I might do it at some point um but yeah last year 2019 in case people are listening to this 50 years from now uh (laughs) gen 8 sword and shield max can talk about this one
1: i have logged way too many hours onto this game i freaking love it i i think uh might piss people off but i really think this is the best game ever that they've made so the competitive play is insanely good Uh, it's a lot easier to build up a team that you want to battle with online and the mega or not mega evolutions, but the dynamaxing and gigantamaxing, I I think is an awesome mechanic because it doesn't like change the typing of the Pokemon, like what mega evolutions did, but instead it just, and it doesn't like increase any of their stats really, except for the HP. And then it gives them moves that allow different effects. Like it increases your team speed or their attack power, stuff like that. Um, I don't know. I, I thought I just think it's like a pretty well balanced uh, mechanic, and it just makes the competitive play I think a lot more fun.
0: So, Ooh. well, good. Yeah. That, that, that's cool. Uh, I think the the biggest barrier to entry when I was I don't remember what Janet was that I was kind of at least experimenting with like the competitive side of Pokemon was just how long it took to get a team, and it was it was a it was a process
1: (laughs) no i agree i mean you had to get the right nature the right evs the right ivs in this game you can control all that now i mean that's not to say that you can just like go in and change it all there is still somewhat of a grind to like get the items you need in order to do that stuff but the fact that you can like alter your pokemon's ability give them a hidden ability um boost their ivs all the way up um you know, things of that nature. It's like, and you can actually, speaking of nature, you can change the, the Pokemon's nature too. So I don't know. It's, it's just way better for competitive. So if you find like a shiny and you want to use it in gameplay, usually shinies suck when you find them. I don't know why they do that, but I think it's probably like statistical that they're always like worse, but now you can like build them up to be a good Pokemon and then use them in the fight, which is really cool. Well,
0: that's interesting. Um, so yeah, I'll probably get this at some point because max keeps telling me to um so this one's going with i guess expansions now instead of uh, like another game
1: and i think that's better too it changes up the meta game and changes up what's popular in the competition but anyways go ahead
0: oh yeah so we'll we'll see how this pans out um it's as a as an old i'm not a boomer but i'm gonna sound like a boomer just like (laughs) just i don't know i hate i hate it i almost just hate dlc you know and expansions and i feel like it's planned nowadays like it just drives me nuts i mean it's obviously the way of the future but <laughs> i'm an old man yeah, you know and i don't well, like no, it i mean
1: I, i've heard a lot of games like i think including the new halo game whenever that comes out it was supposed to come out what in like 2012 no i'm just kidding but whenever this <laughs> new halo game comes out if it ever drops they, I think they've said, too, like, this is, like, the definitive version, like, this is the final version, and instead of coming out with new games, they're just going to add updates as new games, basically, which is sort of what they did to Pokemon. They added, you know, Isle of Armor and Crown Tundra, which introduced new Pokemon as well as new maps and, like, new objectives which I I personally really like because it just keeps it fresh. And like I said, if you're into the competitive scene, it changes up the meta game because it introduces like, you know, 50 or so new Pokemon that weren't in the game previously. And so you can incorporate them them into the game and then it just changes up everybody's teams and everybody's strategy. Um, I I don't know. I think it's, I, I really like it, honestly. I think it's like a fresh new look on how to
0: update games. I think it you kind of have to do it now because of and I see this in like a lot of games. It's just when something new comes out, people tear through the content as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. And it's I've never understood
1: that. I've never been like that. I'm always like, I'm just want to enjoy the game. Enjoy the ride. I don't care how long it takes me.
0: Yeah. So I, I feel like since so many and maybe it's just a younger generation, they just want to get through it for whatever reason. It makes it does make a lot more sense to do it this way because um, you can just you know you don't have to give them giant content updates all the time. You can just do smaller ones too, you know, and it, it keeps them coming back, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh,
1: I like it. I like what they're doing with the with Pokemon right now. I think there's a reason that they're the biggest uh, media franchise in the whole world, even bigger than Hello Kitty, bigger than Batman. They're they're number one right now.
0: Dang. All right. Yeah. So that's the games. Um, I guess just give maybe your top yeah. three um, of the games. Yeah. I would say, in this order, my favorite
1: right now is Pokemon Shield. I- I'm in love with that game, dude. I, I love that game so much. Um, Pokemon Shield is my number one. Number two, uh, gotta go with Crystal Version just because i don't know that was that's what i was raised on um and then third favorite probably diamond version i would say diamond version i had a lot of fun
0: with that one hunting shinies oh very nice and i'm gonna look like an old geezer here but i'm gonna say gen three was my favorite um probably because i played the most it had a cool story it's just the music was great it's just cool but then i'd probably say like gen one just because of what a huge impact it had on on me at the time and then uh gold and silver after that so <laughs> That's fair. not not That's to fair. say the new ones aren't good it's just i think it's more of a this is you know for me this is not a um you know if i had to rank them based on how good the game is it would be different but these are just my favorites
1: yeah i mean i will say as far as like design of the pokemon um i I think gen one i think gen one is probably the best i mean there's a few stupid ones in there like i can't stand like jinx and i can't i don't really like magmar Uh, there's a couple that are just dumb looking but i don't know i think gen one in general had like just solid simple designs
0: yeah yeah all right so we can now address any other pokemon things like they got pokemon card game we got pokemon go uh they got movies all that jazz i didn't know if you had anything on those i know you had something that you wanted to share
1: yeah there, there was just one one little tidbit just because this is this is current news so um and i actually didn't know about this until earlier this year with uh, even as big of a pokemon fan as i am it can kind of sh- goes to show what i was saying before like you evolve with what you like in Pokemon. You know, at first I used to collect cards and I was, then I was kind of over the cards. Then I, you know, just into the video games. Didn't watch, you know, I don't watch the anime anymore really. Uh, but anyways, so what's funny is that, you know, earlier this year I learned, my buddy told me, he was like, yeah, you know, Kadabra, the Pokemon Kadabra, he's like, it has not been printed in the Pokemon trading card, uh, you know, section of, of the franchise for like years. And I was like, that's really odd. Like, I remember Kadabra being a card. And he told me, like, yeah, you know, like, they, they eventually, they stopped printing it. And so we we looked into it. And turns out in 2000, I think, there was, so, I mean, and this was, like, right at the inception of Pokemon. Like, only, like, four or so years after it was a, a thing. Uh, in 2000, I think, there was a lawsuit against Nintendo, um, against Kadabra. And basically, this guy argued that, um, and the the lawsuit was around the fact that Nintendo, quote-unquote, infringed upon his professional identity. So, the reason that this guy sued Nintendo, his name is Yuri Geller. Oh, is Nintendo. that guy?
0: Oh, my Have God, really? Yeah. When I was looking up ESP and telekinesis, he was the spoonbending guy.
1: <laughs> no. Oh, dude, that's so, <laughs> that's so funny, Wow. <laughs> Yeah, that's weird man everything's connected you know it's crazy but this guy basically he sued nintendo i think it was like for 80 million dollars is what he was trying to get out of it and he said that nintendo infringed upon his professional identity and what that means is that he claimed that the design of Kadabra was ripped right off of his like his uh his his stage act like what he would do as a magician what he was known for like his signature act was bending spoons and if any, if you know anything about Pokemon, Kadabra, who, again, like I said, I think out that line of Pokemon was, like, the strongest in Gen 1. But um, Kadabra, particularly, he's holding, like, a spoon that's bent. And it's supposed to show that he's, like, psychically able to, like, move objects and bend objects. Well, since that was this guy's signature act was bending spoons on stage, he sued them. And he said, you know, you guys took, like, you stole that from me. Um, and then a couple other things that he was trying to sue on is that... Uh, first of all the the name the japanese name of kadabra is yungeller or it's pronounced Yunger. i don't know which one but mm-hmm. like yungel it's spelled y u n g e l l e r and this guy's last name is g e l l e r so he was like you guys even kind of like ripped my name off and put it in here like oh. the translate the japanese translation huh. of his name looked very similar to kadabra's name um, and then what pissed him off the most was that um, you know, under this pretense that Kadabra was like a sort of like a, a caricature of Yuri, he didn't like the symbols that were on Kadabra. I know it sounds weird, but if you pull up a picture of him, Kadabra has like a star on his forehead, and then he's got these kind of like lightning bolt thingies on his stomach. Yeah. And the lawsuit claims that the star symbol on Kadabra, as well as those lightning symbols on his stomachs, were symbols that were borrowed from Nazi Germany and i looked it up so it's (laughs) like the star on his. i know it took a turn right but the star on his head obviously like they were saying that's like the star of david um and then the nazi the 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 zigzag like lightning bolts on his stomach on Kadabra's stomach they look like the nazi ss bolts and i looked it up and they honestly yeah. looked at it. it's like yeah it's crazy so huh. so he claimed and this is a quote he said that nintendo turned me into an evil occult pokemon character so <laughs> he was almost he was like suing on like i don't know if it was like defamation yeah. slash like they copied his like stage act but um in a in a sort of ironic twist of fate you know he said they turned him into an evil occult pokemon character but in the pokemon community yuri is like kind of like an evil guy or was he was you got to give him credit because of what he's doing today like let me explain but but basically they said like the irony of it is that he was saying you guys are making me into this evil pokemon but then like the irony of it was and, and part of it, the lawsuit was that you got that nintendo couldn't print any more kadabra cards and so they, they didn't since 2003. That was the last uh, printing of Kadabra. That's the I, I was very like I didn't know that until recently. Um, but you know the whole Nintendo fan base and Pokemon fan base was kind of mad at this guy because they're like, dude, we can't. There's no Kadabra Pokemon card. So in the trading card game, it was like it would just evolve straight from Abra to Alakazam. And since 2003, there's not been a printed card of Kadabra. So the big news is this week or last week. Uh, yuri basically lifted that ban and now pokemon is uh they are allowed they have his blessing to go ahead and print Kadabra cards so Kadabra's
0: back baby
1: he's back baby so you know we'll see what they do with that um obviously the pokemon trading card game right now like is huge everybody's opening packs online um you know they're worth some of them are worth like a uh so you know we'll see maybe like whenever this card drops you know first reprint of alakazam maybe those cards will be worth a ton of money maybe they'll be dog shit i don't know but Hmm. i just thought that was interesting that's a current event so um that's kind of the only thing i really
0: wanted to add that is super interesting all right well um that gets us close to an hour so we we tried to do 30 minutes we we tried guys but sorry we just love pokemon so much <laughs> but yeah i guess since we have a few minutes i'll just like give mention to like pokemon go how crazy that was um that took I off that and company, it's still a thing Antic man Antic
1: just hit one billion dollars this year i think like profit of one billion dollars in this year alone i think but
0: dang yeah sorry go ahead no that's that's i didn't have much to go on just to point out that it was crazy and that's man obviously it's what the people wanted <laughs>
1: Yeah, I just think what's really unique about Pokemon, what I think is really unique about about Pokemon games, and I think so special about Pokemon games, is that other than, I think, directly from like a cartridge of red and blue and gold and silver, other than those games, you can trade up Pokemon from, like, uh, definitely, like, Ruby and Sapphire. You can trade Pokemon from, like, Pokemon Colosseum XD, You can trade Pokemon from, uh, from, you know, Ranger, Pokemon Ranger, and you can trade them into the mainline Pokemon games and trade them all the way up to the 2019 game that they dropped. So it's like, you can have a Pokemon from when you were like 12 years old and now you're 25 or something and you can have that Pokemon still, which I I think, I really think that's so awesome and like super special, um. I don't know, oh, yeah, man. It just real. allows yeah. you know. It's just. It's a. I think it's a very cool thing,
0: personally. But anyways, I digress.
1: That's super cool.
0: Yeah, and also wait, something I've been looking at, and maybe I'll get around to doing, is like they have a lot of like fan made Pokemon games out there, like, like a yeah,
1: lot. I, I've seen. I remember when I was a kid, my buddies had this one. It was like a PC emulator of a game where you played as Team Rocket, Ooh. and. Instead of going and like battling to catch a wild Pokemon, you would battle trainers and then steal their Pokemon from them. <laughs> it was, ki- dude, it was kind of sick. Like, I, I don't know, man. Pokemon is just such a huge phenomenon, and I think it's, it's what, I, it's my favorite franchise by, by all means. I love it. I think it's there's, there's just so much like stories, so many stories behind it. Um, there's a lot of just mystery with it like the band episodes are funny to read about it's just it's i think it's very much like a product of its time and then when they come out with a new generation like it's a product of that time but it's still
0: just pokemon i don't know oh yeah all right final question of the night will they eventually make a pokemon mmo Ooh.
1: Uh Ah man, I don't know if that's a Nintendo scope. I do know that there was a game, and the title of it's slipping my mind. But I want to say maybe five or six years ago there was this game in development. It was like an independent project, where it was an MMO on on, that you'd play on PC. It was 3D graphics. You'd run around just free roam with other people in the world, and like there'd be Pokemon kind of running around. You could catch them and. I remember when they were developing it, I think when I was in college, they had, like a, they had like a beta version that they released and you could only... There was like one little section that you could play around in. There was like a building and you couldn't do much. I would be curious to see like what, if any, progress that game has had or if it just kind of fell into the trash can. But I don't know. I mean, I don't... Personally, I don't think in a Pokemon MMO is in Nintendo or Game Freak's like idea box i don't i I don't think they're i don't think they care (laughs) sorry but i just don't think they care enough because they've got this formula down and they're making money off of it so i don't think they're going to stray too far from it but what what are your
0: thoughts oh i'm just just wishful thinking on my end you know they yeah you're right (laughs) they don't need to for sure yeah i I I think it'd just be i don't know maybe you know when this if this uh this well ever runs dry they can they can do that and just um you know i don't know I, I just think it'd be a cool way to kind of combine all the regions if, if possible and then it'd be cool to see other people running around but um you know they
1: sort of not really but kind of have that in sword and shield where if you go online people's characters are running around in your map like albeit they're glitchy like they they'll be in one area and then all of a sudden they just disappear or something like that but Like, there are people running around in your map. You can't really interact with them too much other than talking to them, and they give you like a cooking ingredient, which is like worthless. But,
0: um, so maybe they're going to go towards that. I don't know. Uh, Maybe they've got like a, just a, like a half, a half version, you know? It sounds like they're already, you know, a quarter of the way there. So, all right. But yeah, we'll see. That's all we got on Pokemon, people. Um, I hope you enjoyed it but for now Uh, yeah I mean yeah (laughs) so for now we gotta go back to trying to catch them all see you guys be the best that you can be thanks y'all